Welcome to the premiere segment of Chief Yuya Podcast, soon to be renamed at some point. But uh, in this segment, I want to deal with, uh, I think it's an important question, and that's who have I been speaking to all this time? For those of you who have been supporting and tuning in and digging in to the information that's been presented over the years, There's been a lot of uh, general talk and then there's been a lot of talk for the generals. But in this segment, which uh, will be a fun one because it's our first one, I'm going to get into who exactly I've been speaking to all this time. And more importantly, why I am not speaking to everyone. All right. So we're on a ride again. I hope you all are ready to go for a ride. Let's go. Well, I thought this would be a good uh, topic to begin with for this uh, first segment. And uh, like I said, right now, you know, we're calling it just the podcast, just Chief (laughs) Yuya. You know, I thought of a lot of other slick names and things like that. But I said, you know, uh, for a very long time, I have been sharing information based on what, of course, what the people needed to hear and or what I perceived that they needed to hear and some things that had uh, come up frequently in conversation and and inquiry between students and whatnot. But with this segment, I, you know, I I wanted to take a step back for a little while from um, Chief Speaks and some of the other uh, shows that I had been doing for so long and in many senses kind of do a reset if you will. The last Chief Speaks I did was December of 2017, and we're now July 2018. In fact, today is July 7, 7, 7, 2018. Of course, the numbers mean something, and this podcast is being released at 7 p.m., <laughs> so 777. But, um, you know, I wanted to kind of create an experience where it's a little bit more free, free form, and... Um, Maybe some of the insights and philosophy and calculation that some of you value and often wonder, you know, where does it come from or whatever. We could, you know, explore that a little bit. And, you know, you've gotten so much information in terms of spirituality and different archetypes and metaphysics and psychology and uh, all the things have been laid down over the years on the Enlightenment and Transformation uh Broadcast, which is still on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash enlightenment and transformation TV. But now it's time for a different kind of ride. And, you know, even with the entrance of All Horrors Go to Heaven, a documentary that I am still working on, uh, I think that the new ride has kind of been introduced already. But I wanted to speak about why, in all of this work that I do, that I've I'm not talking to everyone. A lot of times people speak to me about presentation and I've been hearing about presentation for many years, you know, since I first started speaking, which was in my early teens. And I've been hearing that, you know, if you just said it this way or said it that way or pulled back a little bit or showed more of yourself or this or that, and people would be more apt to accept your message. But the reality is if you have to do all of those, all of that trickery, to get someone to hear truth, then you're not doing anything effective anyway. You know, when people are, are thirsty for water, they'll drink water out of out of the ground. 
you know, if they really don't want water, then they got to put sugar in it and colors in it and, and dye in it and so many different things to distort it. And in doing so, they end up distorting the value of what the water would have provided to their body. So someone, you know, as um, the great Dr. Khalid Muhammad said, someone has to be brave enough. Someone has to have enough courage to present the truth uh, to our people and not necessarily always look to make things digestible and palatable to a large, you know, audience, because the truth is large audience isn't going to do anything. And the problem ultimately is a problem that's related to perception. You know, the perception of, of people has been thwarted. It has been changed. So individuals have a lot of difficulty perceiving the truth as it is without distortion. So sometimes you have to distort it in order to get it to them. But then by the time you distort it, it's no longer truth and it's really worthless. So when you're striving for a higher state of, of intellectualism and, and consciousness, you're more aware of your placement. You're more aware of your placement in the cosmos. You're more aware of your placement in the universe. And you're more aware of of the fact that there is a cosmos, the fact that there is a universe. So that way, when the truth and the, and the actuality of things that exist in the cosmos or the things that exist in the universe are presented to you, you don't feel this immediate need to react or this immediate need to distort it or to get it distorted because you're, you're more accepting and comfortable with your positioning in that space. And the fact that there is an order, there is a space that exists and every morsel of truth that's given to you helps to sustain that order, you know, so for a long time, you know, like I said, even with Chief Speaks and, you know, and, and there's a lot of reasons why people want what has been shared to be shared differently. A large part of it is because I'm a man. And as a man, there's, there's a, an a, aggressive effeminization agenda that is currently happening and been happening for some time. In the Anglosphere. So whenever men stand up and begin to speak uh, and begin to speak truthfully, it's a threat to the status quo because men have the ability and the potential to topple the status quo like no one else. You know, so or I can just say real simply, unlike women, men could actually topple the status quo. So what we have to do is, is to maintain a society where men are silenced. Uh, men are made to feel very uncomfortable about expressing their feelings or they're told that they shouldn't have any feelings, you know, things like that, or shouldn't have any perspective or shouldn't shouldn't share any relevant data that may actually cause someone to feel a level of dissatisfaction with themselves or uh, point the finger of blame. You know, a lot of that comes from religious programming where we're taught we can't judge. We can't point blame. You know, we can't even express anger. All of those things are are um, a symbol of an incomplete person. But the truth is, as long as you're suppressing those things, you're perpetuating the incompleteness of your character. All of those things make up the totality of who and what you are. You know, so like I said, that the, the solution lies in perception and everyone is going to perceive 
things differently. But ultimately, your first foundational rudiments of perception has to begin with your ability to perceive the truth without perversion, without twisting it. And it's very difficult to do that when you're talking to a large group of people who have a very limited self-concept and they have a a, a very um, aggressive targeting that's put in their communities or put in their minds that leads to a lot of division, you know? So when you're able to return to just a, a very basic and simple or just a basic and rudimentary unity, uh, you realize that you're returning to what has always been that unity or that unification. And you begin to unite with the light that's inside of you or the truth that's inside of you. But if you have a very limited self-concept or you have a very um, thwarted, or a low base idea of not only yourself, but again, how yourself places itself within the cosmos, within the universe, then it's very difficult for you to understand anything that's presented to you. For the most part, you can, like I say, you can be a perfect attendant student, but not understand a word that the teacher is saying to you. And a lot of times it's because we as a people can be very entangled in the drama of being an individual. And the drama of being an individual is, is harder than the work of forming and embracing a collective and unified thought and spirit. You know, this, this, this drama and interplay of leaving a mark and making your point heard and, and listening for the point of rebuttal uh, is very difficult. So you have individuals who I don't speak to necessarily who are stuck in that drama or uh, are still pretty much chasing their, ta their tails, if you will, uh, with trying to, again, perpetuate their limited self-concept and then impose that limited self-concept on those of us who would suppose ourselves as instructors on in this journey, you know, so. There's a need for for life uh, beyond the primitive. There's a there's a need uh, for life and an understanding of life beyond, you know, the rudimentary and, and not to discount the primitive at all. But for those who I'm speaking to, for those who have my ilk, for those who have my cloth, they have that need for life, for a more embracing concept of life than just limiting it. To the individual. So when, when you have a more embracing and, and a more wider scope of life and what it is, then uh, your frequency changes. All right. And I'm going to get into frequency in just one moment. I just want to do some housekeeping. OK, so uh, one of the things that people have been asking about is, you know, the documentary All Whores Go to Heaven. If it, is it still active? You know, as some of you may have noticed, I've been pretty quiet on social media as of late. And of course the Kickstarter campaign for it did run out and uh, we didn't reach our original goal, which I think was $3,000, which is really just a matching goal because the plan was I was going to do some fundraising, see the interest interest level of the people. And then I would just match whatever number that they offered. But as, as so often happens, <laughs> there were a, or are still a lot of people who wanted to support. So we probably would have made the goal, but there was a time limit. And unfortunately, uh, after that 
those 40 or 45 days on Kickstarter, if everything doesn't come in, then no donations are taken at all. So no, you know, no money was taken or anything like that, which is why I wanted to use Kickstarter. But also I wanted to show the legitimacy of the project and that it's all or nothing. If I don't get the full amount requested, then I get nothing. But because I know people work on a different kind of clock sometimes, um, I have created a GoFundMe and we're going to use that you know, us and crew for, you know, um, for donations. So you can go to gofundme.com forward slash A W G T H, which of course is short for all whores go to heaven, A W G T H, or just go to the webpage, all whores go to heaven.com. And it will give you the, uh, information there in terms of how to get over to the GoFundMe. Also, we have another red wrap coming up. So we'll be getting ready to start another distribution drive uh, again around um, uh, mid to late August. And then we'll have a distribution event later this year. So we actually have another um, shelter that we'll be working with this time around as well. So those of you who participated last time, please participate again. It's not a one off thing, you know, um, and it's it's a lifestyle thing. So our giving and our sharing and our offering is a part of the on new lifestyle. So, you know, definitely we want you to get involved in that. And we'll have more more information forthcoming. But I just wanted to give you a heads up that, you know, of course, Red Wrap is still on the go. We are still working uh, Red Red Wrap, of course. All right. So you got all horse go to heaven. You got Red Wrap. And of course, we have this brand new brand shiny new spanky <laughs> spanking new spanky <laughs> spanking new podcast is chief Yuya podcast so we got some fun things happening as you guys probably know there's always something different happening you know um from documentaries to music projects to trips to um retreats we got a lot of good stuff going on including the reemergence of the on new women's group, which again, I will be sharing more information on that very soon. All right, let's get back into the topic. Okay. So, you know, I was speaking about how frequencies change and, um, or sometimes how we're, we're all vibrating on a certain frequency. And it, that's so very important for us to keep relevant and present in our psyche, because often when we start to imagine our teachers or our priests or our chiefs, we try to create them in an image that we're most comfortable with. You know, no different than how we do with God or our deities. We try to create God in our image. So we'll say God is a man or God is a woman. And of course, if that's what you want your God to be, that's that's what it is, because you've created it in your own thought projection. So when I say the word God, I have a certain ideation and you have a certain idea and they don't necessarily they're not always necessarily talking about the same entity. Nine times out of ten, they're not. That's why religion can be such a difficult thing, because are we talking about the same being here just because we say God, because we all have different mental levels. We're all vibrating on different frequencies. So it's similar to when you're teaching. You know, when I'm teaching, I'm speaking to people who vibrate on my frequency because those who have those are the ones who have the ability to hear it. The other ones pick and choose and pull little things that they want to hear that interweave with their with their own frequency. So for some, when they hear me, they say, oh, he talks about Arisha. Some say he talks about metaphysics. Some say he's just mean. You know, he's just this. And everybody hears a little bit and piece 
um, based on the frequency that they're vibrating on, they may not get a full bandwidth. You know, it's almost like what you get on your phone. You can have one bar of reception on your phone or you might have all bars up on your phone. So depending on the frequency that you're able to tune into or your proximity to the cell phone tower will depend on how much reception you get, how much you're going to receive of what's being presented to you. So I've never been under the illusion that I'm talking to everyone. So when people and they still say to this day, even with all whores go to heaven, if you change the title, people would. I don't care about that. I'm not here to talk to all people. I'm not here to save all people. I'm here to speak to those who are vibrating on my frequency because everyone has a certain frequency. And if we're all trying to tune into the same frequency, which doesn't necessarily mean unification, because you can have harmonic notes that work in unison that are not playing or hitting the same note. That's what a chord is made up of. I was going to do a video on that at some point. I'll, I'll get around to it. But, you know, a chord is different notes. So there's different frequencies that are vibrating, but they create a harmonic blend. But when you're trying to function as a frequency that you're not designed to or that's natural to your own bio spiritual nature, then you have what's called discordance. You know, there's 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 a dissonance in, in your note that you're sending out, you know, so I never try to be something that I'm not in very simple terms because um, I understand that then I distort my frequency and then I, I uncomplete myself. In that sense, you know, so when, when we're when we're stuck on earthly approval or human approval, then we get stuck on Earth. We get stuck in the land of humans. You know, like I spoke about earlier with, you know, the idea of you just chasing your tail. A great symbol of that would be uh, we have it in the, in the Yoruba tradition. We also um, have it when we begin to study uh, concepts such as Kundalini and you have the snake you know, with its own tail in its mouth or biting its own tail or consuming itself. It's different ways to perceive that. But ultimately what that represents is a completion of a cycle. And and more importantly, it's a completion of the human experience or the experience of Earth. So it's actually consuming its own material. Right. So that's a completion of, of your serpentine circuit or your kundalini circuit, that's a completion of it. When you're able now to take that same circuit and really consume yourself, you've completed the, the circuit and you no longer have a karmic obligation to the universe. You know, you've, you've uh, as we say, you've satisfied your debt and uh, you no longer need to experience life at a base level on this planet, but you can now go to a much higher place. But the thing is, we all have, a different karmic responsibility. So to try to universalize what we all are supposed to hear, or all are supposed to know is very dangerous. That's how you keep people trapped and earthbound. You see? So like I said earlier, the, the ultimate problem is perception of the truth without distortion. And truth expresses itself, you know, and it becomes true in the moment that you accept it as that. You know, in the moment that your eye or, or your sensations contact it and you say, this is what it is and that's what it is, period. You know, and then you find other people who are operating the same way. You know, I had shared this example recently with someone on plurality. They were talking to me about it and they were saying, oh, yeah, I know, you know, you have 
you know, you, you practice that that family structure for the because our, our people did it, you know, back on the continent and it's for, for nation building and this and that. And I said, yeah, it, it, it is all of that. But I said, also, I just like being with different women, you know, and I'm saying the word being, but I didn't use the word being. I used the word that started with the letter F, you know, and I said, yeah, I just, you know, like F and different women, you know, bad women. I, I love fine women. I love all kind of women, skinny ones, fat ones, ugly ones, pretty ones, short ones, tall ones. Yeah. So that's that's also the thing, too. You know, and the individual is like, what? Huh? They, they couldn't because they're used to a standard answer. And a lot of people give that standard answer because they want approval for the lifestyle, approval for the practice. Now, of course, that answer is true. Anybody knows me knows that I'm a nation builder. But. There's other aspects to it, too. I don't do certain things because historically it's what has been done or because I can pull out a book and say that it's permissible to do it based on the book. I do it based on contacting with my truth nature. And that's a process. That's not an instantaneous thing. So I know a lot of people listen. This is why I'm not talking to everyone. The people who I don't, who I'm not talking to, when you say things like that, they jump at me and say, yeah, exactly. Cause I feel, I've, I've been feeling this. I ain't talking about feelings. I'm not talking about your feelings. I'm not talking about your hard headedness that you've turned into truth. I'm not talking about your ego that you're trying to make true. By jumping from system to system or teacher to teacher until someone says something that you agree with. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about a much deeper thing. Because in order to get to that abstract idea or even that metaphysical idea, you first have to go through the concrete and physical. No different than what we just did with this podcast. We started with the with the concrete aspect of Who's being spoken to? Who's not speaking? Being spoken to? And if you notice, when I came back from the announcements, I started speaking about Kundalini. All of that's on purpose. There's a format. So first, we have to deal with the base, the the the, the foundations first, and learn that before we can even start to create intelligent opinions. And and I can tell you, as a teacher, when you have people who are quick to jump up with the oh, I know, I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. And own something that they don't really own. It can be very intellectually frustrating. So this is why I don't talk to everybody. You know, so I may speak on YouTube or, or even in this format. And it seems like he's speaking to everyone. I'm not. I'm speaking to a select few. Those who are researchers. Those who are critical thinkers. You know, those who are not swayed by public opinion, those who are not swayed by external influences, those who have a heart for other people, those who are able to see beyond the surface, those who understand that the battle that we're waged in is not a physical battle, even though we have to be physically prepared. You know, and I could go through a list of a list of who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to our new people, not just people that heard something cool and said, I like that. I want to be a part of that. But people who are, who were living it before they even came in contact with our new information and needed this information to expand what they were always doing and how they were always living, but not looking for some way to justify their idiocracy. I'm not speaking to those people. All right. And I know that many are speaking to them. So you can find a frequency that matches you somewhere else. That's why I had to close out Chief Speaks and those things. And begin a different experience and begin a different experience with um, some more straightforward and maybe even harder hitter, harder 
hitting truths that deal with the truth of perception and how we perceive things in a way that's healthy as opposed to a way that's unhealthy. Okay, so I'm going to go over um, some Q&A real quick. Okay, so now uh, to get into some Q&A, there was a video up on my Chief Yuya channel on YouTube by the name of uh, Love, Sexuality, Abuse, Whores, Goddesses, uh, Chief Yuya and the Sensuous Mystic, FB Live, May 31st. 2018 and there was a question posted on there that um, I'm going to answer and the question was by Suzanne Sung and Suzanne asked does the cultivation of the womb help to protect against the inlet of the various energies that is being introduced by multiple partners and to answer that question uh, first I have to look at the question of course um the moment you say, does the cultivation of the womb help to protect against the inlet of the various energies? Well, that means you're already bringing in energies that you consider to be offensive to your womb. Why would you do that? You know, sex doesn't begin with when there's a penis inserted into a vagina, it begins in the mind. So the moment you allow your mind to be impregnated with something that you consider to be harmful, you have a problem. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that what is being inserted or given is harmful. But again, it goes back to what we speak about perception. You're perceiving it as something that you need to protect yourself from. And that within itself is problematic. The various energies are the, the, the issue there is not that there are so much various energies, but the fact that there's a cocktail of energies. So you have this residue of different men who've been inside of you and each one has left its imprint or his imprint. And each imprint is fighting for dominance. You know, the first imprint that a young lady ever receives is from her father. And then when she meets a man that she decides to engage in in that way, she then Super, you know, superimposes that new man's imprint over the imprint of her father. But every time she's taking on a, a sex partner, this happens again and again and again. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the previous imprint is smaller than the next imprint. So now you now you have warring. Let's say if you're making, you know, um, lateral movements and you're not necessarily upgrading in your relationships, then theoretically, each imprint that you receive now on a peer to peer level has the energy and the strength to, to, to fight for each other. It's like getting into a new relationship with someone and the information that they give you or the light that they bring to you is, is so powerful that it almost washes away and saturates anything that you've ever heard prior to that. So now it takes dominance in your in your mental or cerebral universe. So it almost acts as a purger for everything that was there before. Right. So the problem comes when there's a cocktail of lateral energies, which is usually the case because people don't upgrade as often as they say they do. Now, to go to another aspect of your question, cultivating the womb does cultivating the womb. You should always be cultivating the womb. All right. And I'm not saying that you aren't. I'm sp I'm answering this for other people who may have a similar question. But does cultivating the room protect one from the inlet of various energies? Again, if you're protecting yourself from something that you've already opened your legs to, 
you're the, the problem, you, you know, is much deeper than now I'm going to do a, a Yoni steam cleanse or I'm going to sing to my Yoni or, you know, a lot of the useless stuff that a lot of people sell to you that actually doesn't affect the real issue. I'm not saying that Yoni steam, steams ineffective or singing to you, Yoni, but um, in a greater sense of what we're talking about, it's not a cure all just because it makes you feel better or it makes you feel fresher. Uh, the reality is cultivating womb energy is cultivating mind energy and the womb. It's supposed to be a changer. It's a destroyer. So you don't have to protect yourself from the inlet of those energies. When those energies come in, you should be transmutating them as they come in so that you make them yours. You claim ownership to them in a sense. This is one of the reasons why, why women always think children are theirs. You know, and often in a very sad and sick and, dis and demented way, uh, men in this country and in the Anglosphere are treated like second class citizens when it comes to their, their children. Now, of course, we know that that's a what well, we should know if you don't know, but you, our new thinker, should know. That's instituted to keep the society disempowered so that it doesn't revolt and rebel against the overlords. So as long as you keep the man disempowered, you remove his strength of legacy from him, then you can always keep him in a in a weakened position. And you put the woman in front and you empower her to believe that the child is more hers. And she doesn't even have the the ability to actually raise a child in this completeness because there's a key and, and very crucial piece that's missing. And that's the that's the individual, the man who not only protects the whole family, but fattens up the entire family with knowledge that's gone. And she receives her knowledge now from outside outside toxin. All right. Or what we call the state. So, yeah, it begins in the mind, Suzanne, that protection. So just to wrap up, what we've spoken about in this segment, frequency, who who are we speaking to? Who Who am I speaking to you? to and to to create a third person scenario who is chief yuya speaking to those of the same frequency and ilk my job as a chief and as a coordinator is to locate you know it's almost like a seek seeking mission locate people of similar uh, frequency make sure that the frequency of our new is always broadcasted in a way that's not distorted not not pervert it so that people can see that beacon and say, ah, okay, I relate to that. That's, that's my vibration right there. And, and these look like people or feel like people I've known all my life. I want to be there and to maintain the integrity of that. And not only maintain the integrity of that, but to also make sure that I'm connecting member with member, member with member, not the entire world with the Anu teachings. I know so many people have said that, you know, I wish more people could understand this or I try to share this with my friends or with my family, but they just don't get it. Well, because maybe they're not so much your friend and family as you think they are. Your friend and family are those of similar frequency or even same frequency in some instances. And it doesn't always mean that that's going to come from those who you are biologically or historically linked to. So our job is, you know, when we're speaking is to make sure that we're finding like minds, similar minds, those who are moving in a certain vein. And for our new, it's about adaptive information. It's about reengineering, going into that next space, going into that higher level and not being afraid to reengineer, not being afraid to scrutinize our elders, not being afraid to scrutinize our ancestors and to apply formulas and modalities that actually work, but not just make us feel good or make us feel like we're connecting to something that's old. So therefore, it must be correct. It's really 
taking the concrete and the basics and the rudiments of the old, learning them to the best of our ability, the fullness of our ability and our efforts, and then seeing how they apply to a now paradigm. This is what I knew was about. And we look for people within that frequency and within that mind frame. That's who I'm speaking to, the critical thinkers, the researchers, the deep thinkers, you know, those who can move without constant judgment because it's so close minded, the open minded ones, those who have a sense of youthfulness and vitality about them, who have an excitement and zeal for life. And very importantly, those who honor family, women, I'm speaking to women who honor men. I'm speaking to men who honor women. I'm speaking to men and women who honor children. I'm speaking to children who honor their elders. Anything outside of that, I'm not I'm, I'm not even talking to you. So don't even worry about anything I'm saying. It's not for you. This is nature based. This is family based. So that has been our segment. And um, I will be delivering every strong. All right. Uh, so far on Saturdays. Uh, we'll be doing these podcasts and I think we're going to have a, a good time with it. And like I said, it's a different shade and different frequency of information. All right. Until such time. Peace.